Hey you, don't do that, do this. My name's Bob Gordon, welcome to Hibernation, a podcast about how people are getting on with life and being creative during this isolation period known as COVID-19. I'm joined by the Mayor of Fremantle, Brad Pettit. Brad, how are you doing? Actually, very well. Um, life is life is good. It's a beautiful sunny day here in Freya, so uh, we're quite enjoying the first signs of spring. Yes, it's good. It's good to see. And uh, it was also it was good to see you. Uh, the last time I bumped into you was just a couple of weeks ago. Is at the Fremantle Arts Centre as the Panacea. Uh, photo exhibition opening, which was the first event that had been held at the Arts Centre since about February. It was good to see people out, and it was very clear that people were happy to be out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was actually. It was, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was a huge, it was such a huge crowd for that. They had to move it out into the, uh, into the main courtyard there. And, uh, and there was, I think it had a real sense of post-COVID, people kind of wanting to get out and reconnect. In, in person, and um, I thought that that exhibition was a, a pretty extraordinary way of, of doing that because it was such a an interesting reflection on yeah on the role of art in that in that time of, of crisis. Yeah, that was it, it's a great exhibition. If anyone hasn't seen it, um, it's on for a few more weeks yet at the Fair Arts Centre. Yeah, you really do notice when when you're out that people uh, maybe uh, are in the moment a little bit more now, just a bit grateful because uh, you know a few freedoms were necessarily kind of I guess taken away and also because I guess people just feel uh, for those in, in, in Melbourne and over east who at this point don't have the freedoms that we're enjoying even in a kind of a, uh, I guess yeah, right. limited way. And there's also I think a bit of a sense in what Melbourne probably showed us is that is a bit of a sense actually that this freedom that we're currently experiencing here which is you know, pretty unusual globally really um might might not last there might be you know there might be a need for you know for further further shutdowns or so i think you're right there's a bit of a sense of people making the most of the moment um kind of enjoying it and probably not taking some of the things that we had for a long time for granted to the same extent yeah it, it's funny thinking back on well to me there's two events in mind that were pre-pandemic uh, and they weren't really that long ago but just given their nature they seem a lot longer ago than they were and that's firstly the the two fire aid benefit concerts at the Arts yeah. Centre on it was like January 31st and February 1 were both sold out and really lovely events and then also that huge uh, Perth Festival event Highway to Hell which involved a lot of uh, Fremantle along Canning Highway and planning by uh, the city of Fremantle uh, as well. A huge event that, you know, when you look back, it muscled in very frighteningly close to, um, I was going to say the introduction, but the uh, the start of the, you know, the COVID era for us in Fremantle and Perth. Doesn't Isn't it amazing? Don't those events seem so long ago now? Yeah, they, they do. They seem much longer ago than, you know, the, the six or so months that they were. But I do think that it was extraordinary that, um, especially the highway the whole way, it did kind of sneak in. It was just around then that we started to go, ooh, um, yeah, this is something COVID may, may be a, a real thing for for Australia, for, for Perth. Um, and that event was so epic and so huge. It had so many people um, that it would have been, and so much advanced planning, it would have been tragic if it couldn't have occurred. And it was, 
it was kind of like that last big hurrah. And then, you know, within a week or two after that, things were, we were starting to shut down pretty quickly and move pretty quickly. So it was a, it was nice to sneak that in. And, um, cause that's one of those things you probably will never, never get to do again. Yeah. It was kind of one for the ages in any case, but given the, given the context that was just around the corner, it, it truly is. Yes, that's right. And it was, it, 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 to have those kinds of events now, which, is, which yeah, you just kind of go, wow, that will be seen as a particular time. We do, yeah, when will we be able to think that big and crowds of that number and that kind of interaction before? And that's always, I mean, that's been the tragic thing about COVID in some ways is that the way that it does really squash down that kind of that physical connection and, 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 and the way that people get together, which, of course, Places like Brio absolutely thrive on. That's actually at the heart of what they make, make some interesting places, and it's such a challenge to that um, in, in every way that uh, it's um, interesting to know what the world looks like when we properly get to the other side. You've been uh, mayor of Fremantle since 2009, and you know it's it's a lively yeah. existence, and uh, uh, there's lots of debate, and uh, especially you know since in the more recent years with. Uh, with social media and, and Facebook groups and everything. But I guess, you know, it's good. It's, it's all out there kind of thing. And you know what people are thinking um, when they're with you or when they're not and who is and who isn't or whatever. But since um, March or the last six or seven months, in terms of breaking down eras of your of being mayor, this last six months or so must be just, uh, as they say, hell different to um, any other time of your... Uh, 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 in your role, and, and the timing for us in Freo was so strange, almost poetically so, because we had we have three mayors gone gone through lots of stages, and a big part of my time as mayor has been, has been trying to get people back into central Freo again. So, you know, whilst other parts of Freo like South Freo and North Freo are really buzzing, central Freo has kind of struggled for the last probably last decade or two, really. Um, and um, we had these big ideas and getting people back in. At the heart of that was um, moving from government departments down here. It's about 2,000 public servants. And the great tragic poetry that kind of surrounded COVID was the very day that the first big group of those were, were intending to move in. Um, it was actually going to plan a bit of a celebration around that was the day that the lockdown came into full force. And everyone, instead of coming to Fremantle, everyone kind of walked, had to walk the other way and uh, were less of this very empty city for a few weeks and it was uh yeah but it was and it was a tote and since then it's been a very different experience of scram you know really scrambling in many ways to try and make sure that we support businesses um as the best we can um to keep going through the other side of this and actually support the place as a whole and um it's been a, it's been a really different challenge to to the rest of the time it is a um a, a place that kind of fights back isn't it or and fights a good fight, Fremantle. And I guess also because it's so strong culturally and that, that people are very uh, conscious of supporting local yeah. business. And uh, I don't know, that's, that's something that exists anyway, but something that, you know, when I've been out, you know, I've seen people respectful uh, with distance, but, you know, getting out there and, um, I don't know, being involved and supporting local business. Yeah, it is a real. You're right. It, it, it's culturally quite unique. It's real sense. It's got a real sense of the village, kind of a real sense of 
of a place that which, which is great. It, it, it's a community, and um, and on, on the back of that, I think you do get that sense people are care about the play, their place, they're protective of it, and they want to make it work. And you know, in my job, that's that's a double-edged sword because there's lots of people with lots of, lots of opinions, and that's you know kind of makes for never never a dull day. But but it, it has been really important during COVID because it, it did mean that we could pull together pretty quickly as a community. In fact, one of the things which I really like, which, which, which happened because of that, um, which the council kind of set up a bit of a, a buddy system between people who might be vulnerable in the community, they might need somebody to look after them, check in, mow their lawn, walk their dog, do their shopping, whatever it might be, and buddying them up with someone in the community who, who, was, who had time to do it because they, they weren't working in the way that they were. And that kind of thing actually worked really well. Um, we had amazing things. We had hundreds and hundreds of volunteers for that. Um, that. We had more volunteers than we could use at the end of the day. And I thought, where else would that happen? But in a, you know, in a place that does have that sense of community, not like prayer. What's it like for you? Because you're very approachable and you're constantly at local events uh, and, and not just openings, importantly. It's, it's you know, a, a constant, you know, a, a presence and engaging with the community. In terms of, you know, with the young family and and your own time because it's not a it, you don't knock it at five in a job like this no it's true it's, it's challenging um because i do have a, a very fun three-year-old who i like to try and spend as much time with as, as i can but to be honest with you it, it, it's also got a great flexibility about it so for example this morning every wednesday morning i take a, i take either swimming lessons and yeah so we do there's, there's plenty of flexibility in the job but i will yeah the other side of it so. We'll have council meetings till probably you know, nine o'clock tonight. So it's, it's really flexible. It's my way is kind of flexible. It is more than a job, but that's why I love it because it's um, it's actually I don't know. I, I get to be part of a, a place in the community and and try and make it even better. Um, that whilst, whilst that means you never kind of get much downtime, it's um, it makes up for it just through our challenges and interest and uh, and, and, and stimulation. So yeah, yeah. it's great. I must say I would. Uh, um, I won't be doing it forever, but I, so I, I highly, highly recommend this job to to, to to people out there. So your your next move, so you're uh, going to run as the uh, uh, Southern Ward ca- uh, candidate for the Greens in, in, in the next election. So um, yeah, how's that roll out for you? Yeah, March next year um, is the state election, March 13, and there. Um, so it's called South Metro, which is kind of like a, a third of the metropolitan area, running really from the from the river down to Rockingham and um, kind of out to Cannington kind of way. And um, yeah, so then the upper, upper house, um, the running for which is the equivalent of the Senate really here in Western Australia for the Greens. So it felt like because I've been there since 2009, I've had an amazing run. Um, it's, it's, I've absolutely loved it, and I'll be actually very sad to stop doing this role if, um, if I'm fortunate enough to be elected, but it felt like a new challenge. And one of the things I think I've learned here is that you can do lots of great stuff as mayor, but there are some broader macro things at a state government level like, that need to be fixed if places like Frio are going to thrive. So mm. I thought rather than just kind of constantly whinging about that, I should actually uh, step up and put my hand up for state parliament and uh, see how that plays out. So uh, that's going to be interesting. So the next... Uh, as we get towards the end of this year, early next year will be uh, a new election campaign, which I, to be honest with you, I don't love election campaigns, but they're a, a necessary part of if you're going to be in, in this world, you, 
they're the necessary evil, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the way it is. Culturally, I just wanted to mention a few things. Um, firstly, from you know the point of view as a, as a so-called rock and roll journalist, it's great to see that um, Hidden Treasures has been picked up and popped into a September slot. It's it's really great because you know I guess a lot of event uh, organisers on various levels have had to make decisions about well we're going to have to wait till twenty twenty one but uh, that's a pretty defining musical uh, scenario in Fremantle each year uh, so it's it's lovely that it's uh, returning next month instead of uh, July when also it's always very cold isn't it. Yeah, that's right. We're being part of the charm of it, having fires on the street and, yeah. and that kind of thing. But I, I am really, I mean, obviously July was peak COVID and we couldn't have done it then. But I think, yeah, having it in September, it was a bit of a risk because you, you never know when these things are going to, whether they'll get shut down or not. But our sense was it was worth it in sense of bringing people into Frio, supporting artists in our community and supporting those those venues, some of those pretty obscure clubs like the the Buffalo Club and, and, and others, um, and the Navy Club, um, it, it's a really good event. It's such a, a unique event, and um, I'm, yeah, I'm really pleased as well. So every Thursday in July, um, downtown Freo in the West End. Oh, September. Sorry, not July, <laughs> September. I'm so used to being in July, so it's in September. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we just have to wait. I think it's been like six or seven years in July, so yeah. it's time yeah, just yeah. have to wear uh, one less scarf to accommodate yeah, the right. spring. One is not a layers. Yeah. Uh, another thing is that's been really heartening, as as uh, we both knew him, is the move for the uh, unnamed laneway uh, near Frio Social Hall to be named after Richard or named Richard Lane. How's how's that progressing? Actually, that's coming to council tonight. So, um, and I'm very confident that will pass through the council tonight. And then the next stage is we have to convince the state government agency Landgate um, that, that that's an appropriate name. And that's actually why one of the really important things is that we get community support behind that because Landgate have a whole bunch of quite obscure rules, including, you know, including where is the closest street or something with the word Richard in it and therefore does it apply, et cetera, et cetera. So, but they will make exceptions around if there is strong community support. So there is a, a petition out there doing that. We've already had a petition presented to the council with lots of key people on it, um, truly, I believe, um, yeah. around actually supporting that. So I think it's a really strong support. It is, it's a really nice way of honouring Richard Lane, who has made now such a great contribution to, to not only to the music scene, um, very broadly, but but actually to Frio um, and, you know, and people learning music in this place. And, of course, Penny Lane Studios for a while was just was actually attached to the to where Frio Social is now. So yeah. there's, a, there's, a nice, there's a few nice connections there. So and we're pretty hopeful that we can do a proper opening of Richard Lane Lane or whatever it ends up being called um, in, in the coming months. Yeah, it would be something to have a lovely uh, resonance. Speaking of music, um, did you figure that when you became mayor that you'd end up DJing so often? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no, I didn't. That wasn't that wasn't part of the job description. And to be honest with you, I'm still not that great at it. But I do love I, I do love music. Um, so I, I've always enjoyed the opportunity to try and put on, put on a few of my favourite tunes, be it you know, some cheesy ones from the past or um, or, or, or some more contemporary ones. So that has been a lot of fun. I am not, I'm not DJing at Hidden Treasures this year. Um, so I believe it's the people who are 
more professional than I, but um, yeah, so I, I hope I get to do it again. It is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. It's funny, because of the, before COVID, I mean, well, this whole year has been really demanding and unusual and it, it continues to be so. It, it's strange though, because it, there's often a talk of like, wow, how will we look back on 2020 and 2020, huh? Which kind of implies that the whole thing is going to reset on January 1st, 2021. And quite simply, it's not. What do you think, I don't know, the challenges for Fremantle going forward uh, and it's hard to answer because uh, it, it, uh, COVID is such an insidious disease as we, uh, it appears to have shown in New Zealand recently. How is it best to move forward? Just simply cautiously, is it? Yeah, that's right. So for us, it's around, it is actually moving forward in small steps. Because obviously, I mean, you're right. The truth of the matter is there's going to be no vaccine that's broadly available realistically until mid to late uh, 2021. So there's going to be a lot of managing how our you know, what kind of community transition we've got, how that plays out, and then what kind of events we can do. And this is it's a really big challenge for Frio because one of the things I love about, especially summer in Fremantle, is you've got festivals like Falls Festival, we've got laneways, you've got you know, a bunch of other great things happening, and obviously flowing through to Easter time, we've got street arts, all of those kind of events that kind of make this place over over the. That, that kind of festival period um, are uh, where everyone's kind of proceeding very cautiously around how can they happen if, if they can happen at all. So that, that's, that's a real challenge for us. So, for example, with the um, Street Arts Festival, which is kind of like our busting festival um, down here in Freo, we will probably acknowledge we're not going to be likely to be able to bring in international artists. So we'll make a more local kind of busking festival and kind of adapt it that way with make sure people can watch it in well-spaced kind of ways. And, so yeah, everything has to be kind of reimagined and rethought because there's no chance. I, I don't think there's any chance of kind of going back to any kind of normal um, for at least I would say it's another twelve, perhaps eighteen months. Mm. And individually, it just seems you know all, all you can do is really I don't know. It's easy to say keep your chin up, but it's it's also it just seems important to be engaged and and interested in something just to. Keep keep your life interesting. Uh, you can make a certainty out of that when uh, everything else seems uncertain. Yeah, that's right. And that's it is a really challenging time for people because you're right. Because a lot of people who are out of work or at least have less work, um, and there's a lot of uncertainty going forward. And I think there is a, there's a lot of people I think in the community who are really struggling. And this is actually so. If as a community we can, yeah. You know, Come together. We can find new ways of being creative. Actually, new ways of kind of celebrating a simpler life, a more but but a, a life that's connected in other ways as well. I think that's that's the way we have to get through this because uh, we have we have a long way to go yet. I mean, COVID is, was never going to be a sprint. It's going to be uh, a long haul, and we have to make sure that when you come out the other side, look at what, what I hope happens when you come out the other side. There actually is a better sense of community and a better sense of place and who we are. Um, and a better sense of valuing the important things of life, I think would be at least one good thing to come out. I think it was otherwise been a pretty traumatic time for lots of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, on, on that note, uh, Brad Pettit, uh, thank you for hibernating with me on Hibernation. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, see you at Hidden Treasures. <laughs> I hope so. Thanks for joining me on Hibernation. Until the next time, look after each other. We're worth it. Bye.